0: Hey, chiropractors and marketers, we are ready for another modern chiropractic marketing show with Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing strategies, content marketing, direct response marketing, and business development with some of the leading experts in the industry. Welcome, this is Dr. Kevin Christie for another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show. Today, I'm excited to bring you an interview with Tom Tate of A Weber, and we are going to break down email marketing and we're going to discuss some of the specifics, when to do it, some of the details of a broadcast email. And I'm really excited to have Tom on. You know, he he boasts nearly a decade of professional experience in marketing and technology. Uh, he's the product uh, manager for education and webinar production for AWeber. And and outside of AWeber, he is an active member of the marketing community, guest lecturing at colleges and universities and and just really in the weeds of marketing. He knows a lot of stuff and we bring a lot of great information today about email marketing the strategies behind it and then some of the mechanics of it uh, there's some there's some capabilities of email marketing that I don't think we knew about as our audience I can say honestly I didn't know some of it as I was interviewing them and so it's exciting to get some of these different strategies of what you can do just like even testing an email subject you can you can split test like 20% of your list will get one and another percentage, you get another email, you test which one had a better open rate, and then you send the rest of the 80%, uh, the one that won. So it's just interesting. We dive a lot into that. I think it's going to be a very enjoyable show for you. I, I'm a big, big believer in email marketing. I think it's one of the things as chiropractors we're failing to do. Uh, some people are just failing to do it in general, and then a lot of us are failing to do it effectively. So Uh, It's a strategy that you need to be implementing in your practice for that uh, during and after unit of marketing, especially keeping that top of mind awareness. I'm going to dive right into the episode with Tom Tate. Um, Just keep an eye out on the virtual summit on business and marketing that will be rolling out. I'll be giving you links soon, but just uh, put that in your calendar for November 14th and 15th, and uh, we'll be getting that info to you. But without further ado, here is my interview with Tom Tate. Welcome to the show. I appreciate your time, Tom. Tell us a little bit about yourself, both professionally and personally.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I guess I will start with the personal side of things. Uh, So my name is Tom Tate, and I am a human being. I'm from Philadelphia, right outside Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I kind of grew up on the East Coast my whole life, Uh, happily married. I have three awesome kids. Uh, They certainly keep me busy. I have three kids under the age of five. Nice. Yeah, it's great. But uh, I like to say any hobbies that I once had that were interesting, I no longer share anymore uh, because my (laughs) time is certainly booked up. But yeah, on the professional side of things, uh, so I've been in digital marketing and, and kind of digital project management for about a decade. I've started out on the agency side of things, and I'm currently a product marketer at AWeber. And AWeber is one of the leading uh, email marketing providers and email automation providers for small businesses and entrepreneurs. So I do a lot of cool hands-on marketing with our actual customers to help them be really successful with our product. But then I also do a lot of go-to market strategies for our product as well.
0: And that's, you know, that's exciting. I think email marketing is vital. We're going to dive into some of that. Uh, for me, it's something that I implemented in my practice about three years ago, and it, it truly was a game changer for me, drumming up past patients that maybe have fallen off and forgot about us, but we had their email address. And once we started emailing them uh, regularly, it was really useful. And then we've obviously taken it from there, trying to get uh, new patients and, and things like that. Before we dive into that, you said you're you're a Philly guy. Are you an Eagles fan? Have you been able to maintain that hobby at least with with the kids?
1: Yeah, I sure am. I'm more of a Phillies fan. I'm more of a baseball guy, okay. but of course, of course, I love the Philadelphia Eagles, and you know they had a great run last year, so it was a lot of excitement on our end.
0: There you go. Yeah, it was it was fun to watch. Uh, I'm uh, sadly a Dolphins fan, but I was definitely rooting for the Eagles since I am a Dolphins fan, and obviously not a not a Patriots fan. Sure, sure. <laughs> not to offend our, our Boston market for sure, but. um Let's dive in. You know, One of the things that I wanted to discuss with you, we had a little bit of pre-chat, was this, this concept of a broadcast email. Can you dive into that a little bit for us?
1: Yeah, definitely. So if anyone has been following along and listening to your show, I'm sure email marketing has come up quite a bit. And in email marketing, there's a few different types of emails that we'll refer to. So when you're When you're thinking about your customer life cycle, you know, kind of taking that stranger who's never heard of you or your practice uh, and then engaging them and then moving them more towards considering you and understanding what problems you solve. Email automation plays a really big role. So automated emails is a big type of email that that email marketers focus on. Uh, And then you have transactional emails. So these might be the things that get sent uh, if you have like an online patient portal Mm -hmm. or if you do payment receipts. Mm -hmm. Uh, So those are also going to be triggered automated emails. So you have your automated emails like a a drip campaign is what people frequently refer to them as. And then you have transactional emails. But what I really want to talk about today uh, is an underlooked email, the broadcast email. And this is your one-time email that you're going to write it, you're going to schedule it, you're going to send it manually. Uh, and it's going to be a one-time message. So think of your weekly email newsletters that you send and receive or your monthly newsletter or perhaps the one-time promotional email. So we're recording this in October. In the next you know, six to eight weeks, we're going to get bombarded with Black Friday promotional emails and kind of holiday sale emails. So those are all considered broadcast emails. They're one-time emails. They're not sent uh, to be uh, automated in any recurring way, uh, but they are an amazing way for you to get in touch with your subscribers and keep in touch with your subscribers. So I would imagine if you're in the chiropractor space, staying top of mind with your repeat customers and getting them you know, re-engaged and back into your door uh, is a huge priority and a huge opportunity. And the broadcast email, the one-time newsletter uh, or the one-time promotional email, it's a great opportunity for you to take advantage of that.
0: No, that makes sense. You know, that's one of the things that um, we talk about as far as you mentioned a couple things which I really liked was the email automation is, is important. The newsletter, whether it's weekly or monthly, is important. But having that ability to, like you said, broadcast to them during certain things is, is a, a huge way of getting people to come back in. Um, chiropractors tend to latch on to new patients, like getting as many new patients as they can. And I, And I get that. I mean, that's kind of the the fuel of our, our practice. But what they're missing out on is those repeat customers, those people that are already warm. You mentioned early on about, you know, kind of bringing them down that, that life cycle. And a lot of these patients that have been in your practice, um, they're warm. And I think what I noticed, and, and you can speak to this a little bit more, but when I started doing these types of emails in my practice was that, Maybe Mary opened up the email, but Mary was fine, not having really any issues, but her husband, John, or her coworker was having some kind of issue. And that email cued her within that period of time to say, oh, you know, you should go check out my, my chiropractor. You know, I haven't been in a bit, but he really helped me out. When I've sent out these types of emails, it's really helped with that type of re-engagement
1: that is 100% true. And I think that mindset is the mindset to get into when you're starting to plan out what these one-time emails can, can be and what they can do for your business. So my wife is a perfect example of that because she had uh, sciatica, mm-hmm. uh, with our second child. So that was three years ago. She went to a chiropractor, but after that she didn't have to go back. Uh, her, you know, she felt fine and, and there was really no need to continue to go. Uh, but, and this was an area of opportunity. Our chiropractor did not continue to engage her uh, with really stellar and really fantastic email content. Uh, so the likelihood that she would say uh, three years or five years later, you know, you should definitely check out my chiropractor. You know, uh, it, the conversation is probably going to be more something like, you know, three or four years ago, I went to a chiropractor. Mm-hmm. The experience was, you know, however she remembers it to be, okay, and that she might recommend that chiropractor. But if you continue to keep that audience engaged, uh, you will develop that relationship where even if they're not coming in, it they're they're saying to to their peers, "My chiropractor," and and that type of loyalty and advocacy is definitely something that you want to strive for, uh, because it's going to keep again those new patients coming through the door and the repeat patients coming back to you.
0: Absolutely, it's huge. A couple questions regarding the broadcast email. Are there certain frequencies that you recommend for this type of email? Yeah,
1: for sure. For sure. Uh, so the one thing I would definitely say is come up with something consistent mm-hmm. that works best for you. Okay. Um, so I would imagine that your average subscriber doesn't want to hear from their chiropractor every day. No. Um, everyone's inbox is already pretty full. Mm-hmm. So if if you're emailing your subscriber every day, uh, it's likely that you're going to get a high rate of unsubscribes uh, because, quite frankly, that's probably not what they want to receive. For your your engaged subscribers, uh, and I can talk a little bit about segmentation uh, in a bit, but if you had a segment, um, so if you knew you had somebody um, who was an an athlete, for example, uh, you might be able to send very targeted content. On a weekly basis to your athletes and keep that segment really engaged. But I I would say if if you're just getting started with the idea of a newsletter, I would I would recommend start monthly. Mm -hmm. So start just sending a monthly email newsletter to keep your subscribers engaged, uh, because it's not going to be a huge strain on you to have to produce new content every week or every other week, and it's not gonna be a huge strain on the inbox of your subscribers. Um, So it would just be one email per month. I would try to make it consistent, so maybe the first Tuesday of every month or the first Thursday of every month, Uh, but try to come up with a consistent cadence for sending that email. But start at a reasonable cadence or a reasonable timeframe, that works for you. uh, So it's not a lot of pressure to create content all the time.
0: Yeah, and another thing that I, I try to recommend is curate some content if need be as well obviously creating your own is a higher on that uh, totem pole but if you get some especially with our field you know we have we get a lot of good content developed by other people about certain healthcare things and trends and there's a lot of different topics that you can take and then email it and obviously give the 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 reference uh, to the to the original author but you can definitely curate some content which is nice
1: yeah and and yet if you do that if you do that you'll you'll likely end up with something for for everyone right you'll have a little bit of something for everyone so if you send one article uh instead of maybe four articles of curated content in a newsletter and that one article is for uh athletes or for uh pregnant women it, you're very targeted with that particular article so if you don't fall into that camp uh you might peg that particular email as not entirely relevant for you uh so not only will your subscribers become less engaged over time, but they might unsubscribe, right? So it's it is important to if if you're sending to your whole list to try to come up with content or at least a variation of content uh that is going to suit multiple segments or subgroups of your actual list.
0: Yeah, it gets tricky cuz it it's definitely hard for us to segment all of the different types of niches or types of patients we would have, it, it would be pretty cumbersome to, to do that. Sure, sure. Um, it would be great and ideal. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think you're right. You know, obviously sending out an email on low back pain pertains to, to everybody. So that's nice. And there's certain things that are very general uh, which can be useful, but yeah, you send out an email for the injured golfer. You're probably going to have a lower open rate for that and certain things like that. And like you said, you might get some disengagement for sure. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, as far as, say, subject lines, I know I get that question quite a bit for these. Um, uh, any just kind of thoughts on that? I, we don't have to go through it. I, I'm sure it could be an hour episode just on subject lines. So I mean, just a little touch up on that. Yeah,
1: sure. So I have my own personal biases, right? Mm-hmm. So yep. a couple of tricks, because I do a lot of email marketing at AWeber, but I also do a lot of email marketing personally too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I always use the ellipsis. It's one of my little tricks and it has always worked for me. So I recommend testing that and I'll caveat all of this by saying split test. Uh, So we have a split test feature in a Weber that a lot of our customers take advantage of Mm -hmm. uh, because it gives you the ability to test two different subject lines and you can run a 50, 50 test where you just split your audience right down the middle, Hmm. or you can do like a 20, 20, 80 test where you'll test a smaller subset and then send the winning variation to the rest of the list. Ah. Uh, but yeah, testing is a good opportunity just to try out, you know, uh, if I get uh, cute with a subject line uh, or try to write an intriguing subject line yeah. or put an emoji in the subject line, there's little uh, creative things that you can test. Okay. Uh, but then you could also test length. Uh, so I also recommend shorter subject lines. And there's, okay. a, couple, there's a couple actual uh, studies uh, mm-hmm. that, that actually have said that, you know, four to six words is the ideal length of the subject oh, line. Okay. And if, yeah, and, and if you think about how many people open up their email on their mobile device, yeah. you have less real estate for the subject line on a mobile device. Hmm. So if you're mindful of the fact that your subject line will likely be truncated, yep. uh, so it doesn't always have to fit perfectly on the mobile device, but be mindful that it'll be truncated and make sure that the, the front end of your subject line communicates enough to get people to click through and open. That's,
0: that's useful. Yeah. You know, I've thought about that before, like difference between mobile and desktop and the subject link line. I didn't really have an answer to that. So that's good. Another thing I wanted to mention too, is we are, you know, our audience are chiropractors. Uh, they are in the healthcare field. I think they need to be careful of being too clickbaity. Uh, w- what are sure. your thoughts on that? You know, I, I think, Marketing can be different for different industries. Obviously, I I like nice, elegant marketing. But I think when you're a doctor and you're marketing to patients, there's going to be some differences. You're not going to want to be polarizing like maybe someone else would be, right?
1: Yeah, you you definitely want to be mindful of your end user. Mm -hmm. Uh, So always remember, and this applies to all industries, as you start to grow your email list, let's say you end up with 2,500 people on your email list or Mm -hmm. 25,000 people on your email list. Those are all real people, you know, real human beings, real individuals who signed up for your list at one point in time because they wanted your content, they wanted to hear from you, or they came in and they took advantage of your services. If you start to just remind yourself that those are real people, and you know, try to put yourself in their shoes, uh, try to craft subject lines that not only are they going to be interested in and, and click through and appreciate. But ones that aren't going to give them that feeling of ickiness, you know, like you tricked me to open this. Mm-hmm. Empathy goes a long way when you're writing subject lines and just reminding yourself that it's definitely part experimentation and part marketing and, and trying to boost your open rates. Yeah. But it's not necessarily always a game. You know, you're not trying to game it. You're writing to real people, so hopefully that helps a little bit.
0: No, it's it's huge, and, and I and those are the types of things that I like to get some of the psychology behind it and obviously some of the do's and don'ts of that. Uh, another question I had, not necessarily on a subject line, but with the broadcast email, are you finding a certain time of day is best when scheduling this as far as open rates? Is there anything with that at all?
1: Yeah. So that's another awesome variable that you can mm. test. Okay. So testing uh, day of week and then also time of day is definitely helpful. One thing that I always recommend is once you land on something that you're satisfied with, with the engagement rate, stick to the consistency of it. Okay. So I definitely think if you're capturing a lot of business email addresses mm-hmm. uh, where people are giving you their business mm-hmm. addresses, yep. if you send in the morning before they get to the office, it's going to be there, you know, when they're going through their morning stack of emails, right? Yep. Which might be a good place for you to be? It might not be a good place for you to be as a as a chiropractor, right? because you might not necessarily be catching people at the right time. If you're getting a lot of personal email addresses, you can experiment with when you think people are checking their personal email right so there's there's opportunities to kind of take a look at what you're getting and then run some some quick tests, quick experiments to see what produces the best open rate and the best engagement. It's going to vary for everyone. Time zones too can also play into that as well.
0: Yeah. Luckily, for the most part, the patients will be in the same time zone as a doctor. So that's, but that's something to think of for other folks for sure. You mentioned earlier, uh, you know, scheduling the same day, like a Tuesday. Is Tuesday a better day? Maybe Monday they're a little inundated with emails. What would you say on the day?
1: If you're in the chiropractor space, Mm -hmm. you know, Monday people are generally getting caught up on email. Yeah. So you might be struggling to get the attention of of your subscribers, but if you consider Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, I think that's a great opportunity for you to try to reach your particular audience. If you're going to send a weekly newsletter, Uh uh, if you're going to up your frequency, consider how TV shows operate. Like A TV show that airs on Tuesday at 8 p.m. is always going to air on Tuesday at 8 p.m. So if you find a time that does work for you, build up that consistency and people will get used to seeing you and and hearing from you in the inbox on that specific day at that specific time each week or each every other week or even each month.
0: Perfect. That makes sense. As far as the broadcast email as well, you mentioned early on, you talked about the Black Friday emails and obviously we're going to get a bunch of those as a chiropractor. Can you think of some times of the year or some topics or certain reasons why a broadcast email would be timely regarding that?
1: Yeah, any time that you can touch on seasonality, depending upon where you are. If there's a time of the year where people are getting more physically active, you know, so if you're in an area where you're entering into ski and snowboard season, that's an opportunity for you to write and say, you know, hey, we know ski and snowboard season is coming up. Here are three things that you can do to make sure you're fit and ready for it. Or if you're entering into another season, depending upon where you are, where people are going to be more active, uh, that could be a good time as well. Um, so I think there's there's opportunities for you to consider uh, your location and your environment, and just touch on what's happening at that time. And if you do do promotions, and you know I'm not I'm not on any chiropractor's email list, yeah. so I'm not too sure personally, you know, if there are promotional opportunities. But if you do do events, if you sponsor events, if you're going to be out and about in your local area, those are all great opportunities to let your community know Mm -hmm. how you're involved in the community, how they can get involved with you. Uh, And then if you have events like open houses, or if you have events where you're trying to uh, attract more traffic or Mm -hmm. attention, those are all great opportunities.
0: Perfect. And then as far as with these types of emails... Mm -hmm. How about if maybe if they get like a new technique in the office, like they're offering something else, would that be a good time for them to do it as well?
1: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, if you can't think of anything seasonal, a really good kind of did you know email can always be really successful. So you might send an email saying, hey, did you know that we make house calls or did you know that we make office calls? We'll come to your office and give everyone an adjustment in your office. You know, feel free to put us in touch with your HR department and we can... We can talk about that. Uh, so if you have services or techniques mm-hmm. or things that you think your audience might not know about, yeah. but, but would definitely be relevant, those would be great content starters for those times of the year where there, there really isn't anything seasonal uh, and there really might not be something uh, super relevant to the time. But a quick did you know email might get people scratching their head and thinking, oh, wow, I didn't know that, you know, or did you know a trip to your chiropractor might be able to help some other ailment or some other thing that they might be dealing with. They might not know that there's a correlation between going to the chiropractor and some other thing that isn't just back pain. That could be a good opportunity as well to just send these little did you know notes.
0: Perfect. And then as you mentioned, a couple great little aspects of AWeber that makes this type of stuff easy as far as split testing. Is there anything else um, that you can think of that would really help chiropractors out as far as with their email marketing that, that your service offers?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I, I think we have really fantastic email templates. I would imagine most chiropractors aren't designers. You know, they're not uh, super super technical with writing HTML or CSS. So we have a drag and drop email builder with these really nice templates. So if you want to write, uh, and I I can go both ways. And this is another you know total. Uh, you could have a full episode on this, just like subject lines, but. Sending a very personal note-style email, where it almost feels like somebody just wrote you an email in Gmail versus kind of a templated, designed, newsletter-style email with uh, images and nice fonts. Those are two totally different styles of emails, and AWeber makes it really easy for you to build either one. Uh, And we also have a lot of stock images, so you can use our stock images for free. So if you want to include images in your newsletter, um, we have them broken out into categories, so you could even... Kind of dig in to find the perfect image to match whatever your curated article is or whatever content you're trying to
0: promote. Oh, that's great. That's really helpful. Yeah, I think that you hit it on the head. You know, we, we are chiropractors. A lot of us are doing our own email. They are some people are uh, delegating that out. But the thing that's so great about your email service is that it makes it just easy. You know, you got to come up with the content, maybe curate some of the content, but it's all really plug and play there and it makes it uh, super, super easy for guys and gals like us.
1: Yeah, we actually have a mobile app called Curate and it does exactly what we're talking about, uh, which allows you to curate content into oh, a newsletter wow. all from your mobile device. So you could potentially build, uh, build your email newsletter from your, from your mobile phone or from a tablet uh, without ever having to worry about you know, logging in and you know dragging, and dropping and doing all that stuff. So uh, it's really awesome.
0: That's great, you know, and so within the the uh obviously the topic of of email marketing, um, and obviously we're we've discussed the broadcast email, but outside of that, you know what is a key aspect of email marketing that you're most excited about today? Is just something that's kind of fresh and new that you guys are are doing?
1: Yeah, you know, we didn't talk much about email automation, but email automation always excites me because it's always changing, mm-hmm. and that's more advanced. Uh, email marketing. So if if anyone is listening and they're not really doing much emailing at all, you know the broadcast is a great place to get started. But email automation really excites me, especially uh, triggered automated emails. So if you send an automated email to someone who is not a customer, uh, you can ask them to click a link and self-select. You know I've never been to a chiropractor before, or click this link if you have been to a chiropractor and you're looking for a new practice or a new chiropractor. And that's simple self-selection, that simple invitation for your prospect to tell you more about them, uh, it allows you to deliver automated content, automated emails based on that knowledge, You know, based on that data, knowing that they're brand new or they're looking to switch. Yep. You can put them in a completely different sequence of emails. And ultimately what you're doing then is you're providing more value because you're providing more custom content, to fit their needs and what they're looking for and what they might be thinking or experiencing, and that's going to help you get closer to getting that person through the door. So email automation and specifically triggered automated emails, uh, super super awesome stuff. Very exciting.
0: Yeah, you know, it's uh, I'm hoping most of my chiropractors are doing certain marketing things that are getting new leads into the email that are not patients, obviously. what you just mentioned. And then obviously have their current patient base go into there. And that's going to be two different sets of automations, like you mentioned. Like for me, the ones that are already patients, they become new patients and they go into our email list. I kind of cherry picked three emails that I really liked, you know, because I was like, you know what, I, I hate the fact that I wrote this really good email a year ago, but only people that were on my email list prior to that ever got to see it, right? And so I took that one on low back pain and I took another one on neck pain, a couple of our big hitters. And that's part of the sequence that new patients get. So these are people that have already been into our practice, but at least they can get that information. And uh, we have a nice sequence with that. But the people that are getting into the other segment of our email list that have never been in our office, they're getting different emails. So that was a distinction I want to make sure that they, the audience got.
1: Yeah. And that's a great point. So if you had an automated sequence mm-hmm. send on the second or let's say on the third Tuesday of every month. And you can set up most email service providers with automation to do this. If you have a new patient, every third Tuesday, they might get what we would call an evergreen email. So it's exactly what you mentioned. It's kind of a, it's an automated email about something that is general, right? So lower back pain or upper back pain, uh, something that's going to really apply to the whole list. So if you had that going out and you had 12 of those set up, and then you sent your one-time broadcast email on the first Tuesday of every month. You would essentially be sending two emails to your new subscribers or your new customers mm-hmm. per month, so two at-bats to engage with them and be in their life and provide value. But really, on your end, since you set up twelve of those to be automated, you're really only sitting down to write one email per month. So it saves you a lot of time as well.
0: Oh, that's great. I, you know, I, I really appreciate your time. I, that was just really good information. I. I think one of the key take homes for folks to understand is with, with a Weber is that you're, you're going to be able to communicate with your audience and you're going to be able to do it in a way that's actually effective, but also easy on you. And, and some of these capabilities that you, that you have there is just really helpful for them. Cause again, the, these are folks that are uh, kind of doctors first and, and trying to grow a practice second, you know? Sure. So perfect. All right. Lastly, how can our audience find you?
1: Yeah. So the best way to find me personally, uh, I am on Twitter at TNRT. It's four letters at TNRT. Uh, but if you want to check out AWeber.com, uh, head on over to AWeber.com slash connect. Uh, so one of the things I didn't mention is we have 24-7 live customer support and they are fantastic. We're all based out of Philadelphia. Uh, so if you have any questions at all, uh, there's always someone that you can chat with uh, and we have phone support as well. So if you want to get on the phone, ask some questions, uh, we're here
0: for you. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank
1: you. Yeah, this has been awesome.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show with Dr. Kevin Christie. Tune in next week for another episode that will enhance your marketing, business, and practice growth. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Dr. Christie's Modern Desk Jockey podcast and share it with your desk-sitting patients. In the Modern Desk Jockey, Dr. Christie provides health and wellness best practices from some of the leading experts in the corporate wellness industry. Remember, chiropractic practice isn't easy but it shouldn't be overwhelming. Keep leveling up.